This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled and deep inside I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This episode is being brought to you by 16 Safety Services Incorporated. 16 Safety Services is Aboriginal owned and operated. It's a female led organization providing health and safety consulting and training services from people in the industry to people in the industry. The company president, Andrea Crittenden, has a passion for safety and personal empowerment. She is a journeyman electrician and is experienced in many areas of health and safety. 16 Safety Services delivers simple, logical strategies for your business, protecting its most valuable resource, your employees. Investing heavily in top quality, industry-approved certifications to protect your investment is a wise consideration for any business. Andrea enjoys sharing her journey and inspiring other female entrepreneurs to consider a career in the trades, which have previously been considered non-traditional for females. In addition to their current service options, 16 Safety is developing a new course just for women. It's called Liberated Independence, A Woman's Guide. With the world evolving, women are becoming leaders in typically male-dominated fields. In support of their courageous attempts to break through the barriers, this program provides a safe, non-judgmental environment where you can learn how to safely perform important life tasks independently. For more information, please reach out to www.16safety.ca or give them a call at 306-230-6221. That's 306-230-6221. This is episode 034, 
Are you using social media or is social media using you with Katrina German? We live in a time that we get to use social media as a tool, but as in any new tool, we need to learn how to use it effectively. That's what we're going to talk about today. Make sure and invite your friends to listen and learn from today's guest by sharing this episode. We're going to be talking all things social, from why your feed is how it is, to how algorithms work, creating your own stage, the power of virtual connection, avoiding technology fatigue, and how to shape our future through ethical digital. I am so excited about this one. Katrina German is an award-winning entrepreneur specializing in communications, technology, and digital strategy. She is a seasoned executive leader and strategist who has reached millions of people through digital storytelling and online media. Through her 15 years in communication, she's worn many hats from tech startup to CEO, fundraiser, digital strategist, community manager, writer, television producer and host, video editor, speaker, and trainer. Katrina is in the CBC Future 40 Under 40, has won the YWCA Women of Distinction Award for Entrepreneurship, Startup Canada Prairie Award for Innovation, represented Canada at the G20 YEA Summit in Germany, and has won the prestigious International Women of Tech Award in Women of Communications. Katrina is a strong believer in measured results, radical creativity, and using technology to improve workflow. I feel honored to have her as my guest today, and I can't wait for you to listen in on this conversation. It's such an important one. We all need to learn how to use social media instead of letting it use us. So let's get started. So hello, Katrina, and welcome to the show. From our very first meeting, I have enjoyed talking to you, and I'm super excited to share this conversation with you today. Oh, I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, well, this topic is a really big one, and it's so relevant in our world today with a big shift that's happening in our whole world going virtual. So let's begin with talking about, you know, what you do and why you do it and exactly what is a digital strategist? Yeah, no, it's it's always kind of a funny question because, you know, this, this job didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> and so basically a digital strategist is someone who looks at how do you accomplish your goals online? And so, you know, a lot of times the work that we spend time doing is in social media, you know, how do you create messages that are going to connect with people? Um, you know, your website, is it converting? It should be a salesperson for you. So is it, is it doing its job? <laughs> and then, you know, lots of times too, a lot of small business people forget about email strategy. And so we do a lot of work in those spaces. So basically, how can your online uh, world help your business or help your life? Oh, neat. Okay. I'm already so intrigued. I feel like this topic is something that's so big and so relevant in our world right now, especially because our whole world has kind of gone virtual. So we find ourselves in a new world, in a new space, and I'm thrilled that we've got all your expertise here. So let's begin with one that people are really familiar with. I mean, Facebook is a big one. And of course, a lot of people get confused by the algorithms, certainly myself, and I think we all have something to learn there. So do we have any control? over what shows up in our own feed or how does that even work? 
Absolutely. This is actually a very good question. I'm so glad you asked it because it's one of those things that, you know, most people, when they think of Facebook, they think of it as their own personal newsletter. They're like, Hey, you know, my mom, my aunt, my friends, here's what they're posting. But ultimately what Facebook is, is it's a very, very sophisticated marketing platform. That's how they're making all the big bucks, the, you know, the billions of dollars and because they're selling you advertising. So the whole point is they want you to come back. They want you to come back all the time. They want you to come back throughout the day. So they've got all sorts of things set up in Facebook to, you know, to make you come back from, you know, the notifications and that sort of thing to, you know, to try to, you know, come back and look at our ads uh, to just the fact, you know, that fear of missing out kind of feeling. And so ultimately, you know, you just need to be aware that Facebook has, you know, these, they're, they're called algorithms and basically they're going to show you what's going to make you happy. So if you decide that, you know, you're, you know, if you're, if say, you know, there's, there's been a lot of political things happening right now. And so if you tend to be, you know, clicking on a lot of those links, uh, you know, getting into fights, you know, you know, just, you know, being, you know, being involved in that community and that conversation, Facebook's like, Hey, you like that stuff. I'm going to show you more. And not only that, we know that you like this kind of political idea, you know, and so we're going to show you more of that because we know that this other idea makes you angry and it might, you know, make you so angry that you don't come back for a while. And that does not help us, you know, with our marketing dollars. So really just understanding the way that Facebook works is one of the very first ways of understanding sort of how to protect yourself and have a positive experience online. And then the second thing is around those algorithms is being very conscious of about the types of things that you're spending time with. Um, if you're, you know, you, you know, clicking on links is a good indicator to Facebook that you like that type of content, but even, you know, there's all sorts of ways that they're measuring this, uh, how long you're, you're spending, you know, looking at photos, even if it's just sort of on your feed and you stop and look at it for a little while, even if you think you're being stealth and kind of, you know, just, oh, I'm just going to go look at this other person, you know, Facebook's like, hmm, this person's interested in this other person. So they're very aware of the, the types of activities you're already taking. So if you want to be filling your life with positivity, uh, you know, just be conscious every time you click on something, it's going to be, you know, telling those algorithms what you want to see. So try to be picking positive things and things that make you happy in order to kind of populate your feed with things that are more positive. That's so interesting. You know, I've had people actually say to me, you know, I got off Facebook because it's just so negative. And I was kind of dumbfounded, honestly, because my feed is so positive. It, so what you're saying is that it's basically whatever you engage in, you're going to get more of that. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, one of the most important things that, you know, we in this world that we're living in right now is we need to be thinking about, you know, every single person is getting a different news feed in Facebook. So even though yours is very positive, yours is going to be showing very differently than mine. And so, you know, I look at things like, um, you know, we are in the time of COVID and there's a lot of um, emotions around the idea of mask versus anti-mask. And, uh, you know, recognizing that, you know, someone who believes differently than you do, uh, you know, maybe they, you know, they're an anti-masker, they're getting news that's confirming their beliefs um, for themselves. And so they're looking at their news saying, why are you wearing a mask? You're crazy <laughs> because it's just as real to them. Their news feed is just as real to them as yours is to you. So I think that's going to give us, you know, if, you know, if people can recognize that, that's, you know, that people are, are getting different news, they're reacting to a completely different experience on Facebook than every other individual. It gives us an opportunity to kind of take the emotion out of a lot of conversations. And so when somebody's like, you know, thinking differently than you online, instead of kind of, you know, 
it, it coming to you know blows and being really angry that they have a different viewpoint you know just recognize that they they're seeing a completely they're having a completely different experience on facebook and for some reason that snuck into your feed <laughs> and so you know just having that sympathy for other people and understanding that they're just having a very different experience with a very very influential and persuasive platform Wow, you said so much right there, because I think that's where I've been actually having a little bit of difficulty with that, because I notice that people just want to start, they kind of want to fight for their viewpoint. And instead of just accepting or embracing that everybody's got something different coming in them, and they've got these different opinions and thoughts, and that it's okay, it's almost like a, a place of just being respectful is what I'm looking to do. So let's yes. talk. So okay, let's Explain the algorithm a little bit more. So for the audience that really doesn't understand, what is an algorithm? Basically, it's a, you know, it's, it's a bit of code. And, you know, when I, I it's, it's basically code that says, hey, this person likes this, so let's show them more. And so it's just kind of watching what you're doing and adjusting the content that you see based on, on that. And so, you know, it's, it's the funny thing is, is, you know, in the past when people talked about, oh, this organization's watching me, you know, the CIA has, you know, has their eyes on me. Um, you know, Facebook's able to do it. They watch everybody who's on their platform uh, in, in just, you know, ex extreme detail, but it's not actually a person sitting and looking and being like, hey, what is Corliss up to today? It's an algorithm that's just sort of tracking everything that you have interest in, the different things you click on, you know, even on your off Facebook, it's watching things like that and really kind of just keeping a, a picture of you and who you are. And, uh, and so basically at all times, this algorithm's, you know, just, it's trying to make you happy, but ultimately it's a computer program. It's not like, I'm sitting there being like, Corliss would like to see this bit of content next. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a computer who's making these decisions. And so its job is to kind of bring you back and bring you back and bring you back. So it's going to show you over and over and over, uh, you know, just things that make you happy and kind of take you a little bit further down rabbit holes of things that you might already be interested in. So that's what we're, you know, there, there was a documentary that came out on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, and they talk about this on, on there. And uh, basically, the idea is that, you know, even people who maybe more inclined to believe in a certain area, you know, they talk about, you know, the flat earth society, for example, if you kind of have an interest already in, in, uh, um, you know, uh, maybe some conspiracy theories and that sort of thing, uh, Facebook's going to show you more conspiracy theories and show you more, you know, different areas of conspiracy theories that you can get into. And the further and further and further you get into that, they're going to show you more and more stuff. So it's going to become more and more convincing. And then the next time you log into Facebook, it's going to show you even more. And, and so it's suddenly going to feel like everybody in the world is part of this conspiracy and you know why can't you know my mother when I speak to her why doesn't she understand this you know it's in the news everywhere <laughs> and so it's really can be a very very powerful force and again you know it's a computer it's a bit of program it's not like there's somebody sitting and thinking to themselves hmm I'm going to bring someone down this you know down this path and so that's what an algorithm is is essentially it is it's a, it's a bit of code that's showing you things that are going to keep you happy but you know there's there's positives of that it's very nice actually to you know, kind of be shown a lot of things that, you know, keep, keep you positive, keep you happy, maybe show you the next thing you want to purchase, you know, without you even having to shop. Um, but there's also some dark sides of that, that we need to be aware of. And, you know, the main one that I'm, you know, trying to, to talk about the most is this idea that people think differently than us and that's okay. And we can't let those algorithms divide us as a society. Oh, wow. Wow. 
I don't even know what you exactly you just said. I just know it was a tweetable moment that Oprah references. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Okay, so do algorithms work the same on all platforms then? Um, a lot of platforms, yes. They're all individual to the platform. Like uh, each, each, you know, Facebook, Twitter, they all have different developers and different ways that they use your data to to make these decisions and, and what they're going to show you. Um, but ultimately, the idea is the same. Uh, Google's the same way. They have algorithms too, where they're like, hey, we think Katrina's going to like to see this type of information. So let's, you know, bring up these searches more, you know, earlier to make it easier for her. So, you know, they're everyone, every, you know, the, the idea behind an algorithm is actually, you know, it, it's quite helpful. It's, you know, it's nice to have, uh, you know, a, almost like a computer sidekick who's trying to show you stuff that you like <laughs> and, and get you the information that you want as efficiently as possible. Um, but again, you know, every platform is different. And so ultimately, you know, the idea is the same, but, you know, the way that they judge the type of things that you like and, you know, the, the actual code and that sort of thing would be different on each platform. Okay, so the concept's kind of there, but a little bit different. So what's most effective then? So being in a virtual space and, you know, building a social presence, because a lot of the people who are here, some of them would probably be just using it for communicating with and keeping up with family and friends. But then there's the next person who's really looking to build a, a social presence and maybe develop a business and market themselves. What's most effective in building a social presence? Well, you know, I think, you know, ultimately, if you're, you know, you're, there's probably a reason why you want to build that social presence. Like you probably want to make someone's life better in a different way or offer a product or service that can, can really contribute to and, or, you know, it's giving somebody doing it better than what was being done before. Um, so, you know, there's, you know, recognizing that, you know, you have that to offer, but there's a whole group of people out there who are looking for it. So, you know, kind of looking at, your your presence like that is how can I help these people find me and for us to connect because I know I can help them and they need me and so really kind of thinking it through that way you know where are they already and, you know Facebook might make the perfect place for you to be doing be uh, you know sharing your messages but other platforms might be more effective maybe Instagram maybe Pinterest um, you know maybe Reddit you know there's all you know there's thousands hundreds of thousands of different platforms that you can be on that have different niche audiences on them so really taking some time to think before you jump on Yes, Facebook's awesome. You know, almost everybody's on Facebook. However, it might not be the place where your people are. Um, if you're trying to sell the businesses or business people, LinkedIn is probably going to be a really great place for you. So, you know, that's the very first thing is to think about the where and also the, you know, the how and, and the what, you know, where are you going to create ads? Do you have a budget for that? Um, ads are, are definitely the most efficient way to connect with people, but they're expensive. You have to be thinking about it and you don't want to just put money out there. You want to be, uh, you know, creating ads that are effective. Um, uh, and, and, you know, just putting content out that's real to you. You know, there's a lot of conversations that happen around this idea of authenticity, but ultimately, you know, it's about, you know, just be you. If you have a quirky sense of humor, you know, put that in your posts. You know, uh, if you're, if you're, you know, very serious and, and you have some very serious thoughts, you know, be, you know, let that be reflected in the types of things that you're putting out there. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, there, there's so many things that you can do. So you have to be thinking about your time too and how much time you have to put into this. Because you could spend all day long on social media and not really have an effective time there. <laughs> 
But uh, if you really want to be ensuring that you know you're having a really great online presence, be thinking you know be thinking strategically. Put some thought into it first. How much time do you have to spend? Do you have money? You know, do you have a budget for this? Um, is this something that's better to be outsourced? You know, is it is it worth hiring somebody to help you with this, or is this something that you have the skills and the desire to do yourself, and you know the time to do as well? So. Spending a bit of time thinking about things before you really dive in is going to really save you a lot of a lot of time and headache down the road. Hey guys, just a quick note about an exciting program that's starting soon called Confident on Camera. I know what it's like to be afraid to show up online. I know the fear of being judged, not knowing what to say, or feeling insecure about being in a space where you have no idea who is watching or listening. I found my confidence here, and now I want to help you have that too. We're living in a virtual world and that's not going to change. In order to help you show up online confidently, I've put together a program where you can learn what to share on social and how to share it in a real and authentic way. We focus on live video and by the end of the program, you will be confident to hit that go live button anytime you want. Through this two-part workshop, I teach you the basics of showing up on social and provide a safe environment to practice. This program is suited to anyone who is building a business or anyone who wants to get better using social to connect and create relationships. Space is limited, so head to corliss.ca right away to register because classes begin soon. Now, I recognize that some of the, like you said, there's like thousands of different platforms out there. But would you mind, Katrina, just to touch on the big ones of like, giving us examples of like, you know, who should be using Pinterest? Like how can Pinterest be used effectively or, you know, Google or Facebook or LinkedIn? You already said LinkedIn, like if you're looking to build a business, could you maybe touch on the big ones and give us some examples? Absolutely. So one of the great things, um, you know, Google, almost everybody, if if you don't know the answer to something, you're going to Google it. And so, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, if you're kind of looking for really cold leads, that might be a great place for you to put some ads up. Um, uh, you know, we, we could spend, I could spend literally days talking about <laughs> the different ways of setting up ads and different kinds of ads for each platform, but I'll mostly, you know, talk about who are the type of people who are using these platforms. Um, Pinterest is such an interesting platform. I'm a regular user myself, um, but the idea is it's mostly women um, I've, you know, a lot of professional women, a lot of women who have, are making the purchasing decisions for their families and they actually go to Pinterest to plan their next purchase. And so if you have something, you have some great visuals that can really be attractive because it's basically just a platform of, of either, you know, short videos or mainly, uh, photos of a lot of design things, a lot of how to kind of things, um, have a product it's an excellent a product that's intended for women it's an excellent excellent place to be to be thinking about and actually it's reasonably inexpensive to uh to set up ads there too with a pretty high uh, return rate um twitter uh, is is one of those ones where when you're on twitter and if you're if you're committed to it you are committed <laughs> and uh, other people find it a little bit too daunting because it takes a lot to maintain a twitter audience and and you know kind of keep um, you know, they, they say tweets only last for 15 minutes and then they're gone. And so, you know, they, they encourage you to be tweeting, you know, between eight times, 10 times a day, I think is one of the numbers. 
Um, I, I certainly do not tweet that much, <laughs> but uh, you know, like it, it, it is a great platform though, you know, for communicating and particularly if you have something that you want the media to know about. A lot of the media is on there looking for stories. They're looking for people and experts uh, in which to be weighing in on different stories. And so if you're looking for something that's really in that idea of current events, or you have something to share that's in that realm of current events, it's an excellent, excellent place. Um, Facebook, you know, there's all sorts of, of details. And again, like if you're creating ads, you can really target almost anybody. Um, but you know, the, the, the numbers of users on Facebook is almost everybody. So if you're comfortable with Facebook and you think it's a, it's a good place for you, uh, that's great. Um, I had more luck there with people who are, you know, trying to share things that are kind of for, um, average people rather than if you're trying to share things for businesses, it doesn't seem to have as much uptake in Facebook. Most people are there for kind of their personal things rather than there for business. So, um, although that being said, there's a lot of really amazing groups on Facebook of other entrepreneurs of other, you know, any, if you have any sort of interest in business, there's a group for it and probably 10 or 20. And right now, because everything's shut down, I'm finding a lot of my networking is happening in those groups of people that I know are already, you know, in my niche, you know, they interested in my things. So that's something to be thinking about for Facebook. Um, Instagram, uh, it used to really skew younger, um, where there was a lot of younger users using it. However, I think a lot of those uh, analytics have moved so that it's sort of a, a great platform for almost anybody. Um, it's owned by Facebook, so you can also create ads through the, your Facebook platform as, as well for, for Instagram. Um, and again, you just need to have some really great visuals. So I find Instagram a bit tricky if you're sort of a service provider, uh, you, you know, you can always kind of show yourself and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, a lot of people put up inspirational statements and that sort of thing to, to talk about their services. Um, but if you have a product, it can just be wonderful to show, um, you know, your product in different uses and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, any other, I, I, there's all sorts of, you know, there's just so many platforms out there. I, I think I've talked on, uh, touched on several of them, but if there's any others that you can think of, I'd be more than happy to talk about them as well. Oh, thanks, Katrina. You know, I think um, because, of course, we're going to be talking at some point throughout this conversation about technology fatigue. <laughs> I <Yeah>. think, um, <laughs> would you agree? Because what I ended up finding that I needed to do for myself was to pick my three favorite platforms and really kind of focus on those. Because, you know, where do I? I like to hang out where do the people that I associate with or that I'm doing business with where do they hang out so I kind of picked three and I'm just right now actually expanding into the Pinterest arena um, because the the girl that I hired as a virtual assistant really recommended that it would be something that would be powerful for um, to to bring in new people into my company into my business and offer products and services to but is that a good place to start like that's what I did I don't even know your answer to that I just picked three and kind of focused on those or yes I absolutely love that and oftentimes I'll even recommend one you know like you kind of you know I kind of master that one have a very good sense of it have a sense of how much time it takes have a sense of how much you know if you have to hire anybody to do any graphic design or any of that kind of stuff and if you know if you feel like okay I got I got this one I feel like I'm on top of it you know then add another and then add another and in fact um, I have a book and it's called action tracking uh, master your digital marketing strategy in under 30 days um, in that book, I actually have, uh, you know, I, I talk about, it's okay to reserve your spot. So for example, if you're not very active on, on Twitter, but you want that username, feel free to go, go and set up the platform and then just have a tweet there that says, Hey, I'm far more active on Instagram. Come and follow me there. So then if anybody wants to reference you on Twitter or find you, you know, see if you're a legitimate company, you know, things like that. 
they can still go, they can, they can see, oh, you know, she's actually more active on, on, on Instagram. I'll go and check her out there. And it still kind of keeps that loop together, but you don't have to do all that work. So I love that you approached it that way and, and basically kept it manageable and kept it something that, you know, you're, you're picking platforms that make sense and that are comfortable for you. Mm hmm. Yeah. I tried TikTok for about a day and I was like, yeah, I don't fit here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's not for me. I know it can be powerful and I like watching them, but I, it just doesn't fit for me. So I think that's kind of key is like going back to what you said about being authentic, right? It's like just do what feels right for you. Yes, absolutely. And that's a huge, huge component of it. And so it's really, you know, it's it's you know, everybody, you come into these things with the most ambitious plans because you want to make it happen. But, you know, just recognizing that even though social media is, say, less expensive than a television ad or something like that, it's still very time consuming. And especially as an entrepreneur, your time is one of your most valuable assets. And so just being aware of that and, you know, measuring it and making sure that you have enough to make that happen is just the way to go forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really good. Now, let's come back to that idea that, you know, people are sharing, you said that, you know, going on social media and sharing something that will help other people. And I know that I've had a lot of women that I've coached over the year that they just really don't know what they would even say on social media. They don't consider themselves some expert in any particular area. And a lot of them, even in discovering just sharing their stories, they get such a great response because other people do feel that way as well. Can you say something or like, what would you say to the person who doesn't feel that they really have something to share and how they can become more confident to show up online? You know, I actually run a group uh, for women uh, to, to basically combat this around social media and in general speaking up in the media. And I, I do believe women need to have more voices in, in the public arena in order to show our expertise and, and, and shed light on a lot of different topics. Um, and as part of that, actually, that that confidence piece, that that fear is huge. And it's, you know, there's so many, you know, and I don't think it's just women, but, you know, there's a lot of people who deal with that feeling of what do I have to share? What, you know, what would matter? And ultimately, um, I always look at it and just think every single person has that little nugget, that little something inside of them that someone else can learn from. And so if you, you know, one of the, I heard this awesome bit of advice the other day, and it was basically, I'm going to put out this content. It may not be perfect, but if it helps one person, then it was a success. And, you know, and you, you never know either, you know, you kind of put it out and you just have to assume that it's only, you know, it's helping one person at least. And, uh, and that's the, you know, kind of the way to look at it. And so sometimes I tell people to think about like, you know, just think about one person who you're very comfortable with. You know, I, I know Corliss, you're, you're very positive. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to post something, I'm just going to pretend like I'm writing a note to Corliss <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to think about how she would like to hear this. And, you know, if I put it out there, um, you know, if it only affects her and, and gives her a good day, then, then that was fine. But what happens if, you know, 10 other people, you know, you're able to turn their day around or give them some insights, you know, what, what a bonus, right? And so I kind of love that idea of just, you know, don't try to change the world. Don't try to, you know, influence millions, but, you know, if you can make one person's life better that day, because of something you posted or give them an insight or, a, you know, or here's some funding, maybe change the trajectory of their something, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, there's a really, that, that's the benefit. So if you really look at it in terms of the influence you make on the world this is a very easy way to make influence that most often you're never going to know that you did 
I like this so much. I talk all the time about the power of one. I actually just ended up, I just recorded a video series on this actually, about the power of one, that one person, the concept is that one person can make a positive and significant difference in the world just by showing up as the best of them. So just being very intentional and showing up as the best version of themselves. And we never really know who it's touching, who it's reaching, right? And I've had the experience in my own lifetime many times now where I heard about the power of one and I'm like, do I really have that? But then I share something, you know, maybe on social, maybe in a presentation somewhere. And years later, I've received messages back from people saying, I remember when you shared that, you know, it really impacted me. And that's when I really started understanding the concept of the power of one, that we all have that ability. And that when we share what we've learned, what our experiences are, and we grow and evolve together and share those experiences, we can impact people in such profound ways. And social media has just literally opened up the world for us to be able to do that in a in a faster more powerful way absolutely what did what very well said Carlos that's exact I absolutely believe in that completely well thanks you know I want to come back to an experience that I had when I was first starting my company and I decided that like I love speaking I love speaking and I feel like when I'm on a stage you know, in person, and now just recently in a virtual stage, I feel so at home, like I just feel like it's that's what I'm made to do. I love it when I get to stand up there on a stage and look out into the audience. And something comes out of me and I can see that it's impacting someone that they're taking it in that it's making a difference. And it just lights me right to the core of my being it honestly does I love it so much. So lately, I've been thinking about my initial experience with creating my own stage and, and basically setting my own stage because I love speaking so much. But when I decided that I was going to offer myself as a speaker, I didn't have anybody to to offer myself to I hadn't done any speaking presentations outside of my direct sales organization. So what I decided to do was create my own stage and I held my own conference. So instead of waiting for someone to hire me to be a speaker, I decided I'm just going to hold my own event and I'll speak and create my own stage. That's kind of how I see social media now. Like I see social media and all of the different platforms as an opportunity to create your own stage. And you know, that experience, you know, several years ago really empowered me to feel like I don't have to sit and wait for something to come to me. I can go and make it happen. Would you say that, you know, social is an effective way of creating your own stage? Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you have a, a very welcoming audience as well. You know, it's, it's your friends and family, and these are all people who know and love you. Um, and so, you know, using that as a springboard to, you know, to develop that confidence and to, to get comfortable with that social media posting, there's nothing better than that. And, you know, the more you do it, the wider that stage gets. And so you can actually, you know, be able to impact more and more people over time. And I just, I think that's, it's a wonderful way to connect with people and there's no gatekeepers. There's nobody telling you that you can or can't, you know, it's not like you need to be invited onto a television show or something like that. You know, you, it, this is your show. And so I, I absolutely see the world in that way as well. So, okay. So like, I get so excited thinking about that for all of the listeners. I get excited about that for everyone because truly like, you know, we're not, we're not confined by our physical places where we live. 
we don't have to wait. Like it's literally there and available to every single one of us. So talk about the impact of technology, like from your professional perspective. Can you speak to this and like the fears people might have about showing up in that space and closing themselves off to the opportunities through it? Absolutely. And I think, you know, oftentimes, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, you know, you, you know, you're kind of putting things out in social media and, you know, it may not be that day, but, you know, for example, I do a lot of speaking as well. So when I talk about my speaking online, somebody else, you know, two weeks, two months down the road, will be looking at it and be like, right, I think Katrina does speaking, right? And so when, you know, they're sitting around that committee table deciding who they're going to invite in to speak, you know, they may not have heard that before until they saw that post of mine. So, you know, it just kind of keeps you top of mind for people um, and to help develop that, that audience online. And I think, you know, if you're kind of feeling, you know, just nervous about using technology, you know, the, the trick is, is, is to just find the things that you're comfortable with. And, um, you know, there's going to be some people who will just never be comfortable with technology and never be comfortable with social media. And that's okay too. Hopefully they have another stage that's going to work for them. Um, in the meantime, you know, for those who are come, you know, who are willing to give it a try, it's ultimately just about, you know, sort of diving in, feeling what works right for you and your audience and, you know, and just you try a few different things. And if you see other people doing things that you're like, oh, that's a cool idea, you know, just you know, use that as inspiration and, uh, you know, find a way to kind of modify it and make it yours. So ultimately, there's no need to be afraid of technology. There's no need to be afraid of social media, but it is certainly worth uh, paying attention to the, um, you know, just your own comfort level and, you know, getting as, as aware as possible and learning as much about, you know, how people are using data and all that kind of stuff as possible so that you're only doing things that you're comfortable with. Great stuff. So, you know, we're talking, we're talking all things about digital today. And I think sometimes people can get burned out with too much technology. So let's talk about creating balance. And if you have any tips or suggestions, because I'm sure you do, being that you come from this space and deal with it all the time. Absolutely. And that's such a great question, Corliss, because especially right now when everything moved online, this has become a really huge topic. So one of the ways that people phrase this is Zoom fatigue sometimes because we're all on video calls a lot more than we used to be. And uh, I've done a little bit of looking into this. And one of the reasons why, and it's an actual thing, you can get extra tired when you're doing more, more Zoom meetings. Um, if you were in real life with somebody, uh, you would never just sit and stare at them intently, you know, for, for the duration of the meeting for the whole hour. You'd probably look at your watch, you look at the door occasionally, you might look at your, you know, computer screen or, you know, or whatever. You just feel more natural to be around people and just be looking around at your environment. Whereas when you're on Zoom, you're completely focused on somebody. <laughs> and so, and it feels rude if you're not looking at them all the time. So that, that in itself can be exhausting. Never mind if there's any delays in uh, the audio or anything like that, that can also contribute to a bit of that exhaustion. Um, I really find like I've been a digital strategist for a lot of years before it was even uh, a, you know, a term, a professional designation, I guess. <laughs> and I was finding, you know, because I'm doing a lot of this work, not only for myself and sharing things on social media, I have a lot of different clients that I work for as well. And so if I left my notifications on, my phone would just be like buzz, 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 buzz. And I think that, you know, you know, recognizing that a lot of these technology platforms, again, they want you back. And so they're going to ask to show you those notifications so that you'll come back. 
And uh, what that can do is, you know, anything that you're doing, it can put a big interruption into your day every single time you get one of those notifications. So this is going to sound completely crazy, but I turned all of my notifications off. I don't have any. So even when someone texts me, I don't get a notification. And what this allows, and I've done this for years, um, what it allows is that when I have time in the day, like first thing in the morning, around lunch, you know, right around supper time, that's when I go in and check and make sure. So it's a designated task. It's something I'm doing right in that moment. I'll go kind of just do a tour of all of my social media platforms, you know, post if I need to, uh, comment on things, you know, like some things. But ultimately, um, I those notifications being turned off has probably saved my my mind <laughs> and probably my my marriage too. <laughs> just in that, you know, it'll just allows you to just have some quiet and be very conscious about the time that you are spending on on social media instead of sort of getting pulled in because there was a notification and suddenly half an hour later you've been realized that you know you haven't been working you've been you know researching something on Facebook <laughs> and so reading something that someone put about their mother-in-law <laughs> and so I know it sounds crazy but that turning off those notifications can really be a lifesaver and having very designated times that you use social media can be extremely helpful in terms of your productivity and just your general mental health. Mm, you know, I don't think it sounds crazy at all. As a matter of fact, to me, it kind of sounds like you're taking control of your life and your day, which is all about, about what leadership is. It's about kind of stepping into how do I want this to look and or self-leadership, I guess. You know, self-leadership is like deciding to be very intentional. How do I spend my days? How do I take care of myself? Um, so that's a really good tip. Any others? You know, I think ultimately, I, again, I, I'm going to come back to this idea of just patience, you know, just understanding that you're going to see people from all sorts of walks of life and all sorts of beliefs when you're on there. You know, you're not just talking to the people in your immediate community, you are be opening yourself up to the world. So going into it with that mindset of learning and, you know, and, and having patience with those who are, you know, maybe approaching something with a lot more anger, you know, if you're very consciously approaching social media, you're going to have a better experience of it rather than kind of getting drawn in and, uh, you know, and, and kind of uh, sucked into a bit of the drama of social media, especially right now. And so I think that that's, you know, the other part of it is before you go in, like make a decision for yourself. Like I'm not, you know, I'm like in a, in a real one, you know, I'm here to do business. I'm here to maybe connect with a few key friends, maybe inspire somebody somehow. I'm not going to get drawn into these types of conversations and these types of emotions while I'm in there. Um, and, you know, that's always sometimes easier said than done. But if you're trying to be very conscious before you even start, that'll be very helpful. And, you know, there are also apps and other things out there that, you know, you can just do a quick Google search, you know, for apps that will limit the number amount of time that you're on social media. And, you know, if you find that you're kind of constantly getting sucked in and wasting parts of your day and not really, you know, achieving the goals that you want to, because you're sort of, you know, you know, if, you know, exactly, you know, going down rabbit holes on, on Twitter or something like that, then, you know, just make, you know, make the decision to get one of those apps and basically it'll allow you to be on social media, like, you know, half an hour a day, an hour a day, you know, kind of whatever you need uh, to accomplish what you need to do there. But, you know, don't be afraid to pull in something to help you um, if you're having problems, you know, by spending too much time on social media. Mm, I even like that they like my iPhone gives me a, a screen time like it gives me a summary of whether my screen screen time is up or down so yeah. it's like that consciousness I think is what we're talking about here and you know one other thing that I did and I know <laughs> for some of you listening you might be like whoa that's pretty um, out there to do that but 
there's some people that, although I can respect their opinions, I didn't want my feed to be filled with those thoughts. And it was, it was pulling me in, like you said, the rabbit hole. So instead of unfriending, you don't actually have to unfriend people because I didn't want to do that. These are still great people. I just maybe don't want to see where they're at right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to follow that, you know? So uh, what I did was just pause seeing their notifications. Like I don't actually have to see their stuff for a while. And you can do that without actually unfriending somebody. So that is such a great, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's, it's reasonably easy. It's a one button push <laughs> and it can really save your sanity when required. Yeah. And they, they don't even know that because I know like, it's not like I wanted to get rid of these people out of my life. It wasn't that it's just, perhaps I had like a focus on something and it was interrupting my focus. So I just kind of interrupted it myself and just took control of it and just stopped seeing their notifications for a while or or their page, I guess their feed for a while. So that's always an option. Is there anything else that you want to share on this topic specifically? Well, I think just in terms of that interruption feed too, you know, one thing that a lot of uh, business owners don't know is that you can automate the posting to your social media. So there are programs out there like Hootsuite, um, Meet Edgar, for example. And, you know, if you want to kind of put together a bunch of material, you know, for the entire month, that can save you a ton of time, a ton of focus. And basically your, your program then puts it out on specific times and days. And uh, so it helps with the posting part. Now you still need to go into social media to keep the conversation going to, you know, still, you know, you don't want to just set it on automate and walk away. Um, you know, it's, it's important to still show up there, but it can help with your day-to-day just gathering of content and things that you want to be sharing. If you just kind of do it in one block, like pick a Sunday or something, you know, spend three hours, load up your month of what you want to be putting out there and uh, you'll save yourself a ton of time uh, looking for content. And it still gives you the opportunity to, you know, post live content as it comes up, but it's not kind of like, oh man, I haven't posted in three days, uh, scramble, I'm going to put something up. Um, you know, it's, it's more of a conscious and, uh, you know, a way to manage your time when, when it comes to your social media posting. So that might be another way that, you know, specifically business owners uh, can get a little bit more comfortable with social media. Again, you can't set it and walk away, but it can really help in terms of you managing your time around that. Mm, I like that. I actually have that as one of my goals for 2021. I'd actually like to map it out more strategically exactly when thing and automate it I really would to like just be able to enjoy life a little more instead of doing that panic like you're talking about you know before I ask you the closing questions though I did kind of want to just have you share a little bit about ethical digital and our children are being shaped by this new world that they're growing up in I would love it if you would speak just a little bit to that and the work that you're doing there absolutely um my digital marketing company you know we were you've probably been able to hear, I think pretty deeply about these things and the impacts of them, you know, really the internet, I think is about 20 years old and the the profound influence that it has had on our day-to-day lives, I I think is almost, you know, you don't notice because it's day-to-day, but you know, our, our lives are significantly different because of technology. And so, you know, a lot of the work that I do is teaching people, for example, like here's how you set up ads, that kind of thing. And when I pull that curtain away and say, Hey, here's how it works. Most people are shocked at just, you know, the targeting that Facebook can do the, you know, just the ways that they can, you know, really see what, what you're, what you're looking at. So there's really, you know, these types of conversations and, and just what are the, what are the impacts of a lot of these decisions um, have really been of an interest me for me for a while. And so we've just launched ethicaldigital.ca. Uh, the goal is that we're going to be sparking these really important conversations uh, amongst the general public, as well as with, uh, you know, politicians, other tech companies, my backgrounds from technology, um, you know, people who are 
funding technology companies and really trying to figure out, you know, number one, what are the impacts of a lot of, of a lot of these changes that we've seen in our society? And number two, you know, what can we be doing to, to make sure that um, our children are protected and that, you know, we're not just kind of letting this wild west, you know, change their future. And so uh, we are doing a lot of, uh, we're, we're basing a lot of the evidence that we'll be sharing on, uh, on actual academic research and things that have been done. So we've partnered with the University of Saskatchewan and we received a grant to do a, uh, an international literature review uh, for both Canadian and international um, studies that have been done in a lot of different areas on these topics. Um, simply because a lot of people, you know, they're just sort of using uh, the social media, but they're maybe not thinking about what the potential impacts that this could be having on our society and maybe some of the things that we can be doing. And a lot of the, like, very similar to this conversation we've had today to protect ourselves, protect our families, um, you know, but yet also use these tools in the way that they're meant to be, you know, which is around connection and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I certainly, I'm, I'm a huge lover of technology. I'm a huge lover of social media platforms, but there's also, you know, there are some dark sides and so being aware and having these conversations I think are very important rather than kind of blindly moving forward with the sort of technology rampage that we're experiencing right now. Mm, mouthful. I'm so excited to watch that unfold. I would love to participate and I know that my audience will absolutely want to as well. What was that website again? So it's ethicaldigital.ca and uh, uh, we're like, we're in the very early stages. We just launched in, in early January here. And so we're about to, we're, you know, we want to be creating um, some very powerful audiences of people who care about these topics and those who want to be educated in the space and just be sharing very real information and really re very real tactics and, and tips to just be, you know, be having these conversations and thinking about these things and, and, you know, managing our lives better using these tools. Hmm. Well, I personally want to thank you for being so passionate to lead that because I feel like that's really shaping our world because it's going to impact our children. It impacts us, but it's impacting our children and future generations. So thank you so much for taking that on. Anything I can do to support it, you let me know. So where can people find you, Katrina? So people can find us again at ethicaldigital.ca. They can also find me at katrinagerman.com. Um, I'm at Katrina Vision on Twitter and, you know, most social media platforms. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan, especially LinkedIn. If you're another business person, please do reach out on LinkedIn. It's a great way to stay connected and especially with like-minded people. Love it. So our three closing questions that I ask all of my guests, because this is a real leadership podcast, what does leadership mean to you? I think ultimately it's about making big things happen and having a good experience doing it and, you know, inviting others to come with you and have a good experience with that as well. And so that's what leadership means to me is, is, you know, how can you impact the world and, you know, make sure, you know, reduce the amount of harm <laughs> that can happen at the end of your work, but also, you know, really make sure that the people who are coming along with you on that journey are having a good experience as well. Mm. I'm with you 100%. And if there was a, a book or a podcast that was a real game changer for you that you'd want to recommend, would, what would it be? You know, I, I'm a huge fan of Lewis Howes and he does the greatness uh, series. So he does a lot of work around, you know, just he, he interviews people who are um, extremely high achieving. And I always think you can just pull, you know, when you're speaking to people who are, are really, you know, experiencing life at a high level, you can always take away little nuggets. And I absolutely love that podcast. And so, uh, you know, that being said, I also really love your podcast. 
thank you. To even be in the same sentence as Lewis Howes and his podcast is just so big. So thank you, Katrina. All right. The final closing question. Based on all of the highs and all of the lows that have happened in your life, which of course you've had because everyone has, if you could only leave the world with one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, you know, it, this is such a funny thing, but it's something I never forget. I say to my kids all the time, so it's not a positive thing, but it's never trust anybody who says, trust me, because they're trying to convince you of something. <laughs> so it's not a completely inspirational ending, but it is a piece, a little nugget. The minute I hear someone say, trust me, all of a sudden I'm like, wait, there's something here to pay attention to because they're trying to convince me of something. So, you know, if, if that ever helps anybody in the future, they're like, wait a minute, my kid just said, trust me to you. <laughs> Hopefully that I've done some, some work. It's just a funny phrase that uh, can really, you know, put up some red flags for me. So uh, maybe not the most inspirational of all, but certainly something that I hope to help somebody out there. <laughs> I love it. I love the variety and the thought of that. That's great. Now I'm going to be like, whoa, do I ever say that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for being here today, Katrina. You've given us so much to think about, so much to work with, and I certainly appreciate that you took the time to share your expertise with us. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Corliss. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.